In Isaiah 53, verse 7, 700 years before Jesus' birth, it predicted that he would be silent before his accusers. In Isaiah 53, 700 years before Christ, it says that he would die for sinners. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Welcome back to In Grace. And today we are in our series, The Story of Jesus. It's a chronological look at the four Gospels and examining the life of Jesus. And today we're going to talk about how he predicted the exact day of his death and the exact way he would die. And that, again, is what makes Jesus unique. And when I say unique, I mean incredibly, astoundingly unique, one of a kind. He predicted his own death, his own resurrection, actually, as well. And so did the prophets. And so we look at him as, for sure, God in the flesh, because only God can know the future. And listen, today is also the day that we remember the birth of Martin Luther King Jr. And I had the privilege of interviewing his niece, Alveda King, and just to understand the struggle and to know what it was like to go through that time in America. And we're thankful for people that stand on convictions and stand on truth. And we do want to recognize that today on this national holiday. Also, we are excited about some events that we have coming up here at In Grace, as we try to get out to you every now and then, we're going to be doing two In Grace events, one in the Milwaukee area and one in the Chicago area. So if you live in Milwaukee or if you live in Chicago, really anywhere in Wisconsin, because uh, you know people listen from all over the state and we want to come in and be able to gather with you. We're going to be in the Waukesha area at Dayspring Baptist Church, and then in the Chicago event, we'll be at Belmont Bible Church in Downers. Grove, Illinois. And so the Milwaukee event is January 21st, just coming up this weekend, this Saturday. And then the Chicago event is the week after that, the Saturday after that. You can go to ingraceradio.com for more information and to get your free tickets. We would be honored to meet you. Where is God? Inquired the mind. To his presence, I am blind. I've scanned each star and sun, traced the certain course they run. I have weighed them in my scale and can tell when each will fail. From the caverns of the night, I have brought new worlds to light. I have measured earth and sky, read each zone with steady eye, but no sight of God appears in the glory of the spheres. But the heart spoke wistfully. Have you looked at Calvary? That's a poem by Thomas C. Clark. You can't see God. Oh, we can certainly see his evidence, his power, his majesty, and his might. But you can't see God unless you look at Calvary. Calvary is where you will see God. And Jesus predicted Calvary. I don't know how I'm going to die. I would be curious to know, I guess. I don't know, would you want to know 
when and how you're going to die? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I hope it's fast. Really, really, really fast. And uh, I hope it's a little while from now because there's a whole lot more to do. But Jesus predicted his exact day and way of death. So that's what we're going to focus on as we are studying the story of Jesus, the chronological look at the life of Jesus Christ. We're trying to study the Gospels chronologically, and they generally are. But, you know, each of them have stories. Maybe the other one doesn't. Sometimes all four have the same story, but different perspectives. So people will say, well, the Bible's full of errors. And somebody actually said this to someone on our trip, and the person replied, oh, can you show me one or tell me one? And they couldn't, okay? So people hear that and they say that, but they really can't ever show you any. But they'll say the Gospels have conflicting accounts of the same thing. And we've only come to a couple in this study, literally maybe three that there seems to be a discrepancy. And we can easily understand that from perspective, or this person included that, and this person didn't for whatever their perspective was. There really isn't any contradictions in the gospel accounts of the life of Christ. And everything that is in the gospels can be verified in history or in archaeology. For instance, Bethesda, the pool, which is right outside of the temple area, be one of the areas that was used for purification of the temple, the Bible says has five porches, five porticos. But they hadn't found the pool of Bethesda, so people would mock that. How could the pool have five porches? It's a pool. You would expect it to have four. And they found it. And they found that it had a middle portico. So they had five porticos on the pool of Bethesda. The Gospels get it right because it's an eyewitness account and it also has the advantage of inspiration. God breathed. There's not one error in this book. And the more I go to Israel, the more I study, the more I look, the more I find it to be exact. And I've done a lot of searching and looking and running up and down hills. The well in Nobilis is still there, Jacob's well. And that place that Jesus sat and spoke to a woman about her need for living water. There it was. There it was. So in Matthew 26, we're going to read a few of the things that happened actually in Matthew, in Luke, and in John. These are different events all leading up to his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. But he's about to say something in Matthew 26. Remember, he's finished his discourse on the Mount of Olives. We call that the Olivet Discourse. A rather long sermon, heavy in eschatology, full of prophecies. We've already studied all that. So these are some things that happened after that, but before his upper room, before washing his disciples' feet, before all of the things he taught them on that way to Gethsemane. Remember all of that? So this is still a few days before his arrest and crucifixion. And he says this in Matthew 26, 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, the Olivet Discourse, he said unto his disciples, ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. So we now know the time frame. 
We're two days away from the feast of the Passover. And he says, the son of man, that's the way he referred to himself, is betrayed to be crucified. So days before, he's predicting not only that he would be killed, but he's predicting the form of execution, and he's predicting that he will be betrayed. Wow. That's precise. That's exact. Now, if he hadn't been betrayed, let's say he had uh, been walking along uh, in one day, so in the next day, and he suffered a massive heart attack and died. He's not God, right? But in two days, if he's betrayed and is crucified, it's astounding. It's remarkable. Okay? Remember, six months earlier, if you back up in Matthew a few chapters, go 10 chapters back in Matthew 16, in verse 21, Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi, which is way to the north, north of the Sea of Galilee. In verse 21, it says, from that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how that he must go unto where? Jerusalem. That means that's where he's going to Die. He's predicting the place and the time and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes. So he's also predicting who's going to do this to him, who's going to be the inspiration to his arrest and be killed. There is his death predicted and be raised again the third day. He's predicting his resurrection. This is months before what we're reading now. Now, how could Jesus have died? Well, he could have fallen off a cliff. As a matter of fact, they tried to throw him off a cliff in his hometown of Nazareth. He walked right through the mob. But it wasn't time. It wasn't the way of death. It was going to be on this day, at this second, by this execution method. Because that's what the Bible had predicted. You know, the method of putting someone to death by the Jews was not crucifixion. It was stoning. So, he could have been stoned to death, but he wasn't, was he? Because Jesus predicted these things. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out In Grace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. From the iconic, delicate arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features Ph.D. astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and Ph.D. geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Now let me share with you something that happened to me just a couple days ago. We were finishing up our last segments. I wanted to do eight walking segments in the old city to talk about one of the aspects of prophecy I'd been teaching on the overlooks. So one was going to be about uh, the one world religion. And I, I was at the Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall is behind me. And I did this walking segment 
about one world religion, and the place was packed. It was now dark, and it was all lit up with the lights, and it was full of uh, Jewish people praying and milling about. And we got done with the segment, and actually, while we were filming it, two young ladies came up to Gabe and said, what are you doing? And he kind of like, he wasn't rude, but he's kind of like, we're filming, get away, you know? <laughs> yes, we were. And I said, I said, Gabe, what did she want? He said, they were wondering what we're doing. I said, well, go give her a card. So we have TV cards. And so he went and gave her a card, both of them, and came back and we filmed the segment. As soon as we were done, they came up to me. You know, what are you doing? And we started talking about the, the programs that we do. And it turned into a 45-minute conversation where her and her friend asked me about every question a lost person would want to know. And I, I just stood there, and, and you know, we're on a time frame, and it's late, and we had gotten up early. And it was just like the Holy Spirit said, talk, answer her questions. And we talked about the Messiah. She didn't know anything. She didn't know much about the temple, about the sacrifice. Jewish girl from Tel Aviv, real secular, though. They just don't know. And, and she, she asked about pain and suffering. She asked about... You know, what did Jesus teach about women? You know, equality and things like that. So I got to explain all the things and talk about Jesus came. And I said, he was the son of God. And she said, wait, Jesus claimed to be God? I said, yes, exactly. So we were able to talk and share and, and just pray that they'll watch and pray that they will. I implored her to read John. I said, read the book of John. And so pray for them there in Israel. But her prophets, and I kept saying, your prophets said this. Your prophets said this. I kept telling her all the things that her prophets predicted about the Messiah. And let's go through those. The Bible says a thousand years before Jesus was born, in Psalms, this is Psalm 41.9 if you want to write it down, that the Messiah would be betrayed by a friend. Zechariah 11, 500 years before Jesus was born, predicted that Jesus would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. How's that for precision? In Isaiah 50, verse 6, 700 years before Jesus was born, the Bible predicted, her prophet predicted, that he would be spat upon and beaten. In Isaiah 53, verse 7, 700 years before Jesus' birth, it predicted that he would be silent before his accusers. In Isaiah 53, 700 years before Christ, it says that he would die for sinners. Zechariah 12, Psalm 22, 500 years before Christ, it was predicted that he would die by crucifixion. Isaiah 53, verse 12, 700 years before Christ, says that he would die with transgressors. Of course, he died between two thieves, didn't he? They would always break the bones of crucifixion victims to make sure that they were dead and to speed up the death at the end of the crucifixion. But Psalm 22, verse 18, predicted the Messiah would not have his bones broken a thousand years before he came. And Jesus' bones were not broken, were they? Zechariah 9.9 says 500 years before Jesus was born that his clothes would be gambled for. Isaiah 53 verse 9, 700 years before Christ was born, said that he would be buried in a rich man's tomb. Isaiah 53, 
700 years before Christ's birth, predicted that the Messiah's days would be prolonged. It predicted a death, and then it predicted his days to be prolonged. How is that possible? Resurrection, right? Psalm 16, 9 through 10, a thousand years before Christ, predicted that the Messiah would not see corruption. Three days he rose again. Matthew 20, we know that Jesus predicted his own resurrection months, days before his death. The Bible over and over and over pinpoints predictions and they all were fulfilled exactly as predicted. Now that's not, and, she, and this girl was saying, her name was Gal, and she was saying, you know, how do we know that, that this is all true? And I said, well, read the scriptures. This, she says, don't you just have to like have blind faith? I said, no, it's not that way. There's many proofs that this is true. And she was just shocked. Like she was just staggering when I was giving her all of this. So there's, there's many, 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 many things that prove that Jesus is God and that his sacrifice was enough for our sins. He predicted the exact day and the way of his death, just as the prophets had beforehand. The plan of the Father. You know, this is a hard thing for us to understand. Some people think God created everything and it was really good, and then he was shocked that everything got messed up. No, he really wasn't shocked. He knew ahead of time that we were going to blow it, and he already had the plan of redemption, of rescue in place. How do we know that? Because 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, your vain behaviors received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily, truthfully, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. This was... The plan, this was the promise, this was the prediction before creation. Jesus predicts his death, his day and way of death. And then in Luke 21, Luke tells us that Jesus, in the last few days, he had this uh, repetition going. He would go into the temple, and then he would come back out to the Mount of Olives. He would go into the temple and teach and go out to the Mount of Olives. So that's what happened again here in Luke 21. In verse 37, we continue with the chronological look at Christ in his last few days on this earth. And in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. I would have loved to have seen that. As I walked around the Temple Mount last week, I can just picture this beautiful temple that was rebuilt by Zerubbabel and embellished by Herod. And there is Jesus he is God, right? He is the presence of God. That's what the temple was all about, the, the Shekinah, the glory of God's presence on this earth. And there is Jesus, the glory of God, standing there teaching really about himself in the environments of the temple. And it says, at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. I've never seen this before in Israel until this trip. Uh, because of the summertime, this is when all the Israelis do their trips, their vacations. And they're all vacationing there in Israel this year. And all around the Sea of Galilee, people were sleeping in tents all, all over the place. And on the Sea of Galilee and at the Red Sea, we came across people sleeping without tents. 
just in the open air, just on a little mattress. Now, I don't know if you can do that. Could you do that? Any of you do that? You just sleep under the stars? As some of you do. But there, there were a couple people that just had this mat. They didn't even have like a pillow. They didn't have a blanket. They were just sleeping on the Red Sea. And so we come to film the sunrise like, oh, sorry. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> they thought the sun had risen early because of all our lights and gear. But uh, Jesus would go out and maybe somebody would loan him a house. And, and I know the, the, certainly he had people helping him. But I'm sure there were plenty of times that he just slept outside. And we're not used to that, are we? And, and walking everywhere, right? Walking everywhere. One thing that I really noticed walking in Israel, especially this time, was the dust. Every day I had to clean my shoes. And can you imagine walking in that day and that time? And they didn't have showers and, you know, all the stuff that we do. And wearing sandals. You imagine all the hardships of life during that time. So Jesus would come out to the Mount of Olives. Maybe he had a place to to sleep in a house. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he just slept out on the hillside. But uh, he abode there in the evenings. He would need sleep in his humanity, and uh, he would sleep on the Mount of Olives. In verse 38 of Luke 21, we continue to hear the narrative of Jesus' last few days. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. We'll pick it up right there tomorrow on our Tuesday edition of In Grace, learning more about Jesus predicting his death, his way of death, and actually the day he would die. And that's astounding because only God can know the future. We are excited about coming to you and to In Grace events that we're having. Uh, Often I feel kind of terrible that this is a one-way communication endeavor here uh, speaking on the radio or a podcast. So what we're going to do is come to you. So those of you that live in Wisconsin, uh, we're coming to the Milwaukee area. We'd love to meet you at a an event called Gather in Grace, and it's free. Uh, we're going to be giving you some things and having a special uh, day, uh, special music, and I'll be speaking. You'll get to meet my wife, Karen, and uh, we would love to meet you. So we're going to be in the Waukesha area this Saturday, January 21st. If you live in the Chicago area, we're having the same thing at the Belmont Bible Church in Downers Grove, my friend, Pastor Mark Moore, and uh, that'll be on the following Saturday, the 28th of January. Now, if you live anywhere else in the country, Uh, We're still going to try to make it to you one of these days, and we'll be setting up more Gather in Grace events in the future. We also are excited because we have our trip to Israel coming up at the end of February. And so many of you have shown interest in going to Israel with us. Many of you are coming with us, and we have a couple spots still open. So we're excited about that. If you'd like to go to Israel, go to ingraceradio.com and click on travel. You'll also see our Alaska cruise listed there. If you'd like to go to Alaska this July. We have Majesty Music doing music for us. I'll be speaking. We also have a creation speaker, Bruce Malone, and we would love for you to cruise the beautiful, calm seas of Alaska with us on our In Grace cruise coming up in July of this year. And then we have another trip to Israel coming up in February, late February of 2024. So lots of travel opportunities for you. We'd love for you to come along. We also have a brand new video series that we'd like to tell you about. It's called 
amazing arches. And what we did was we filmed some beautiful arches in the uh, Red River Gorge area of Kentucky and then also out west in the Moab area and in Colorado and in Arizona. If you'd like to see these beautiful natural rock formations and understand how they would have been formed, then you'll need to get this brand new series, four parts, amazing arches, the arches of the east, the arches of the west, and we have some great creationists on this program as well. You can get that for a gift of any amount to In Grace, and then also if you'd like to give a gift of 25 or more, we'll give you a, another great video series called Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang, or Big God. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr., InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.